Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's edition of Sustainability Now, right here on your community radio station. We are Forward Radio WFMP Louisville, broadcasting from high atop the Hayburn Building here in downtown Louisville and live streaming on the Internet whenever you want it, anywhere you are at forwardradio.org. Heck, you can even listen to us in Denver, Colorado, which is where our guest is joining us from today. Uh, But before we get there, I just want to do my usual plug for you, the listeners to get involved in this community radio station again no matter where you are you can volunteer with forward radio we need help behind the microphones which microphones can be anywhere in the world these days or behind the scenes we need lots of help keeping this station running and we also rely entirely on listener contributions to keep us on air so as we kick off 2022 here a whole new year we need a whole new year of support from you the listeners so go to forwardradio.org and join our righteous media movement today this is radio for the people by the people we all are the people and we're making it happen every day here at forward radio well what we do on sustainability now is bring in folks from around the community and sometimes around the country to talk about what they're doing to support sustainability and make it a reality today and i'm so excited to get two good friends back in the studio virtually with me today our (laughs) friends from the louisville sustainability council we have their executive director julia murray who has very recently relocated to denver welcome from denver thank you so excited to see you although not in the studio but i know i know Uh, hugs hugs went out the window with covid anyway but it sure be good to get one (laughs) anyway you're a mile high now with a few inches of snow my goodness yep (laughs) but you're still executive director of the louisville sustainability council Yes, trying to stay on for as long as possible. It's been incredible to see the growth over the past three years. It's so exciting to see the track that we're on as the leading sustainability organization in Louisville. So staying on as long as it makes sense, but still growing our team and growing our board there in Louisville. So I'm hoping to bring back some sustainability initiatives from Denver. So really excited. Oh, cool. But this is the magic of remote working in these days. You can almost be anywhere. And of course, you're working with a local on the ground team. And I have one of those folks in the virtual studio today to Ellen Trahan. She is board chair of the Louisville Sustainability Council. Welcome back to the show, Ellen. Hey, Justin. Glad to see you. Yay. Uh, Not in person, but I will give you a hug whenever I get the chance. That's right. We (laughs) we have seen each other fairly recently. And uh, you can learn more about their work at LouisvilleSustainabilityCouncil.org. Like usual, in 2022, there is a whole bunch going on in the Louisville Sustainability Council that we're going to talk about today. Uh, But for listeners who aren't familiar, who haven't played along at home in the past years, maybe they've never even been to the annual sustainability summit that you all organize. What is the council and what is its role? So, well, let me give you a little bit of history. In 2010, the Bingham Fellows cohort was designed the topic to position Louisville as a green leader. And so from that work from that small team, an even smaller group decided to carry on the efforts for advancing sustainability beyond the cohort. And that's how the Louisville Sustainability Council was born. So here we are 10 years later, just about 11, and the LSC is just stronger than ever. So it's our work to connect and convene organizations and individuals through various community programs and events. So we give businesses and organizations the exposure to reach local lives while connecting the community to the tools and resources they need to stay informed and make sustainable lifestyle changes. 
Yeah, it sounds like you've said that a few times. <laughs> you got it down, right? <laughs> I love I, it's, You know, I feel like it's been ingrained in me from the very beginning. As soon as I heard about this work, I was so, so stoked on it. It's um, true. So, yeah, I love what we're doing in the community. It's really I, cool. I remember those days when we first connected you to this work. Uh, yes. It seems like so, so long ago. <laughs> I know, it does. It's been three years. But, yeah, I feel like I've been here for a lifetime, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. And how is the council organized and how is it funded? Yeah. So we are composed of a pretty diverse board of directors. So sitting on the board, we have large national corporations with big footprints in Louisville. We have other nonprofit and grassroots groups. We have local small businesses. It's a really diverse. We have the Metro on the board. We're one of their leading sustainability community partners. So that's kind of how we function. And yeah. then have two leadership members. So myself as the executive director, and then currently a community coordinator. And we're also going to be bringing on a program manager this year. So what? be on the lookout for that. Jobs and um, sustainability. Coming yes. Your way. Uh, it, it's, it's just such a great organization to be involved in. And it keeps you so plugged in to everything happening sustainability wise in Louisville. So that that's kind of our team. It's just a smaller team. We're under 20 members total, um, just boots on the ground, trying to come from different perspectives. And much like Forward Radio, it's sort of funded by the members, by the people, right? Absolutely. We are 100% community funded. Um, we have a lot of support from foundations and those larger corporate members as well. But a big part of our funding also comes from our organizational partners right there in the community. And that's made up of a lot of small to medium sized businesses and other organizations. Yeah. Yeah. When we originally conceived of this thing, it was especially about connecting all the nonprofits that already existed in Louisville yeah. that were doing great work in sustainability and helping bring them together for that, you know, coalescing around synergies, right? And, and, and being stronger together. Is that vision still, still at work in the Louisville Sustainability Council? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's so much of an abundance of incredible work being happened in Louisville, especially under the realm of sustainability. But we often find there's so much overlap and disconnect. Mm. And if there was some type of conduit to connect them, the collective impact would be larger than ever before. So that's really what our main focus is in the community is taking the people that are doing the work and connecting them for that larger collective impact. Yeah. And so these individual nonprofits, as well as individual people can join the Louisville Sustainability Council? Yeah, absolutely. I will say last year, we started moving a little bit further away from individual membership and more into organizational membership. So as far as membership partnership, that looks more for organizations, but we wouldn't be where we are without our individual members as right. well. So we have an annual fund that we would love for people to, to donate to. We have lots of volunteer opportunities. There's still so many ways that we can leverage our individuals community. So that's kind of where we stand as far as support and funding. And Ellen, tell us how you got involved and what, what it's like being on the board of this wonderful organization. Yeah, so I got involved probably four years ago, which, again, feels like ages it's been... Ages ago, right? Yeah. It's ages. <laughs> yeah, well, I think COVID time dilation is a heck of a thing, but... Yeah. <laughs> so I was essentially recruited and I joined the summit subcommittee, which was great. I got to organize the annual summit and kind of worked my way through some of the different 
you know, items that we do on a regular basis and then eventually became the chair. But we have a very, like Julia said, a large diverse board. We have monthly board meetings where we discuss moving forward and what we're going to be doing the next month, the next year. And then within that board, we have subcommittees. So we have smaller groups that work on the summit. We have smaller groups that work on our green convene, green drinks. Um, we're going to have a community outreach subcommittee. So it really leverages the individual passions yeah. of each of our board members. And we've just got such wonderful board members. You know, we want to give them the chance to do what they love. Yeah. Now, the annual summit takes place usually in the fall. I'm sure there aren't any firm, firm plans for 2022 yet, but could we get a little conversation going about, about what that might look like and, and what we want to take from the 2021 summit, which was on re-energizing the movement, right? Yeah. So while we don't have firm plans for uh, the 2022 summit, we usually start planning for it about this time of year, yeah. just because it takes quite a long time to get all those resources pulled together and people have a lot on their calendar. So we want to make sure we're taking a space on there. Yeah, I think for this year, one of the new things we did was we really talked about having a focus area for the year. Right. And given that this is a mayoral election year, we wanted to focus a lot on civic engagement. Ooh. And so I think that might be an area where we really focus on with our summit, because I think people are getting really burnt out with the national politics because <laughs> you don't feel, first of all, it's, it's exhausting yeah. and you don't feel like you're making an impact, right, mm. right, right. but local politics, you can really make an impact. You just have to know where to plug in and, you know, connecting and convening. Those are our verbs. And I'm really hoping that we can use those to, to promote more civic engagement on a very local level. Wow. And this is where change starts. It starts at the community level. Yeah, absolutely. So that might be an argument for doing the summit before election day in November, huh? I think that's a valid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although <laughs> moving forward with offering a platform for mayoral candidates, we want to make it clear that we're not advocating no. one candidate Convenient. over the other. We're totally non-biased in this. It's our goal to just be able to provide a streamlined toolkit for the average community member to understand where each candidate stands as far as their sustainability platform. Yeah. Stances, where to go to find good information, you know, how to vote, where to go to get various pieces of information. So, Well, there are great organizations in our community that I can think of just two off the top of my head, like KFTC okay. and the League of Women Voters, who put out these mm -hmm. wonderful questionnaires to candidates about yep. the issues that matter to their organization, that they then share that information with their members. I could see Louisville Sustainability Council serving a very, very excellent function in that regard with all of our questions about sustainability. Right. Absolutely. Well, that's exciting. I'm I'm down with that. I love those plans. <laughs> <laughs> so 2022 is also, uh, well, maybe it was in 21, but the council has just launched this thing called Solar Over Louisville. Share with our listeners what the vision is there. So Solar Over Louisville will officially launch this spring, and we're really, really excited about it. It's kind of a revamp on a program that was live a few years ago, but the Solarize program is a community-based bulk purchase 
purchasing solar installation program. And it will provide discounted wholesale rates to the whole Louisville community while addressing the systemic barriers. And uh, so when yeah. it's paired with our residential solar grant program that's targeted for the low income residents, it will be a practical option for households to just be able to significantly reduce their energy bills over the next 20 years. So now let me get this clear. Is this for individual homeowners and maybe businesses to to install solar on their building or to purchase solar power from somewhere else? Yeah, it's to get installed. So it's primarily for residential services. But yes, it's to get installed to help with that energy burden. And so explain why collectivizing that effort is important. Like if I'm gonna, I don't know, you're basically hiring someone to do some work on your house, right? So if I'm going to hire someone to remodel my kitchen, I don't go in with other people on the big kitchen remodel program. Why does it make sense for to do that for solar? Well, so the big question is why solar, right? Why, why does solar make that big of a difference? So, yeah. so research shows that the total energy costs deemed unaffordable at 6% of annual household income, but half of the low income households in Louisville have an energy burden greater than 7.6% and over 12.7% for more than a quarter of them. What? Um, Wait a minute. A quarter of Louisville households are paying more than 12% of their income just to pay their utility bills? Yeah, for for low-income households in Louisville. Oh, for low-income yeah. households in Louisville. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. So the c- communities of color just in the U.S. alone have a 24 to 20% higher energy burden than white American communities. Wow. And so it's that's one of our... Huge. Obviously, it also comes with greenhouse gas emissions, right? It helps us achieve our city goals. But just the racial disparities alone are absolutely ridiculous. We're really hoping that this program will help address that. So a little bit of energy independence. And of course, I mean, the place to start with energy is on efficiency, too. And that, like groups like Project Warm do that kind of work to help low-income residents do things like basic insulation and weatherizing of their home to save energy, reduce their utility mm-hmm. bills. So this is just an, another exciting layer where we could give them some energy independence, and renewable energy independence, that will directly impact their bills and reduce the amount of fossil fuels we got to burn elsewhere, which is, you know, they're bearing an environmental burden right now, too, as well as a cost burden, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and we know that it wouldn't be as successful as we are wanting by ourselves. Um, So we have a really cool team in place for this. So the effort began with us partnering with Louisville Metro on this, Mm. but now we've partnered with some West Louisville church leaders, NAACP, Center for Neighborhoods, Place of Promise, Southwest Dream Team, and many neighborhood associations. So we're really hoping to make this a huge collective community effort. Wow, so cool. Uh, You're listening today here on Sustainability Now to folks from the Louisville Sustainability Council. You just heard from Julia Murray, the executive director, and we also have Ellen Trahan in the virtual studio. She is the board chair. You can learn about all of their work at louisvillesustainabilitycouncil.org, and you can also find them on social media as well. So Solar Over Louisville is just launching this spring. Is it too early for people to go and sign up and learn more or what? I know it's so exciting Um, and we're very close to people being able to go ahead and sign up. We're just going over RFPs and trying to find the perfect partner um, for solar installation and getting that bulk deal. So that's under works right now. But again, right in the spring, everyone can get involved. We'll be hosting in neighborhood workshops if available. If not, we're going to do virtual, but as many educational events as possible just to get people involved in understanding what we're doing. 
On Louisville Metro's website, however, there is an early access form um, where you can sign up to receive information. Oh. Um, so we're not quite ready to, to run yet, but if you want to just stay up to date, you can get on a, an email list. Absolutely. And I'll put the link to that in the program notes to this show that you can find in the podcast version on SoundCloud, and it's all archived at forwardradio.org. So it's a little too early, but soon people will be able to sign up for this program. And it, it's reminding me of things I've heard elsewhere, like in Madison, Wisconsin, I think, had a similar program. Did the council or any from, from the city, were they researching these models from other cities? So we went through the Rocky Mountain Institute. They, oh, yeah. They're the, yeah mm-hmm. So they're the hub, and they're actually located here in Denver in the Rockies. Right. <laughs> uh, right? Yes. <laughs> so getting further away, but also getting closer at the same time to some of our work, which is interesting. But yeah, so they have a full model. They were absolutely awesome to work with. We went to workshops for like a three-month period to really help us understand successes of other cities and how that was laid out. So they've been an incredible resource when putting this in place. Yeah. And if the goal is to help make this affordable for everybody, then Mm. I got to think there has to be some sort of idea of a payment plan, like you pay for it over time, or is it an all-at-once kind of payment? That's a really great question, Justin, and I have to say I'm not sure. Okay. I know we have other members of our team. I'm just one component of our action. I know how it is. (laughs) Um, So while it feels like I have my hands in all of the work, um, there are other people definitely involved, like Mark Donnelly on our board, Julie Donna with the city and also on our board have been amazing leaders in this space. And people can also visit our site, globalsustainabilitycouncil.org to learn more and also stay up to date on where we're at with that program. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, it's good to hear that Metro is is a big partner on this. I know that the Metro Council passed a resolution for renewable energy. Is this Solar Oval Louisville project just an outgrowth of that resolution, you think? Yeah, exactly. So being 100% renewable by 2040 is the goal. So as soon as that resolution got passed, it was straight to work. How do we get us one step closer to that while addressing, again, some of the systemic barriers, providing for the community? And this just seems like a really natural step in that direction. Yeah. Well, great. I'm so excited about this development and its launch. Uh, We'll try and keep you posted on it here on Forward Radio. And certainly when applications for it come out and that kind of thing, uh, I'll be letting you know here on our community action calendar for sure. So stay tuned. Uh, And then I know that you're also working on developing a resource library and community forum. What is the vision there? Oh, yes, that that has been in the works. We were hoping to launch that last year, but decided to expand our community grant program because we got bombarded with interest. It was ah, so, so successful, that's great. Um, which is great. It was so unexpected, um, but very exciting. And so I'll go into that uh, after this. Um, and so the resource library was kind of put on hold and it still is up and available on our website, but it's still in its infancy stages. And so we're kind of trying to noodle around what would best serve our community? What would that look like? Uh, The goal of the resource library is an accessible one-stop shop for any of your sustainability needs, Mm. questions in Louisville. Um, And so we're tossing around ideas. Do we have um, a directory available that would lead to if you needed um, to install solar, if you needed an energy audit, what do I do for my recycling? Um, All stuff like that paired with 
a combined place that you can find all of those resources. So a, a lot of the community feedback we received when this idea was sort of born was sustainability feels so overwhelming. Yeah, <laughs> There's so much to it. It's not digestible. It doesn't feel accessible. Um, and so Where we're trying I to figure start? out how do we break yeah. all, all the available resources and tools down into bite-sized pieces mm. for the everyday user. Mm. Um, so we're trying to figure out the best way to do that. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I love the idea of a community forum about these issues too, because mm -hmm. not only is it overwhelming and just making decisions, but it, it, a lot of sustainable solutions really do require community and Absolutely. They re require you to learn from each other and maybe share resources and obviously mm -hmm. share information. But uh, having community forums around specific sub areas in sustainability, man, I, I think that could be really effective for moving us forward together, which is what the council is all about, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and you had mentioned last time we chatted and we're chatting about the community forum, you said it would be really cool to have a place where you can go and show the full life cycle on some type of goal you took on, whether that's composting or starting a garden. So you can say, hey, I'm starting this thing. You have community support and resources, and then you can check back in six months later. This is how it's going. This yeah. is what worked. This is what didn't. I think just having that all in one space where people can go and search and see what other people did and how it worked for them would be so powerful. Yeah. So is this the next evolution of the is it pledge to go? I forget the name. Something about a <laughs> green pledge. Yeah. Do something yeah. green. So the do something green program. Do something green. Uh, That's it. Yes. It's very multidimensional, but yes, the baby of the do something green was um, the pledging forum that we have on our website, which is still really cool. And again, we're working with Louisville Metro and it kind of aids us in seeing gaps that we have in the community um, where people may not understand action to take or aren't taking action at all that needs a little bit more education. Yeah. Um, so that was part one. And then came the community uh, grant program, which is amazing. And then from there, so we're kind of just growing legs from it. Yeah. Well, this is great because, I mean, we always say in this field that everyone is on a spectrum of sustainability. And you were right. just hinting at it. Like there's the whole group of people who will never reach, you know, the, the diehards are going to be business as usual <laughs> for the rest of their lives. But th that's at the very extreme end. And then there's other people who are already like so far in the stratosphere of sustainability that no one will ever catch them. And you, it's trying to like use their model to teach others isn't that great. But then there's all these people in the middle who are in different states of their journey or maybe they're really good at one thing like they're really into zero waste stuff but they are still like you know slaves to their car and driving every day couldn't imagine living without a car you know right. like all these different ways yeah. we can take it and so having having those ways to get some handholding uh, that is focused on sustainability I, I just really love that idea um, so good I hope that I hope that solidifies into something uh, helpful for the community uh, maybe in 2022 or beyond for sure Absolutely. like you say it's a process <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. We be on the lookout for that because it's under development currently. So I would love to see by summertime it's launched and yeah. at that we're just adding and growing at that point. Yeah. And if anybody has any specific ideas, please reach out. I mean, we absolutely we hear new ideas all the time that we want to add in. Like yeah. you know. So let us know. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. 
Uh, all right. So we've really gathered together today to talk about something that we've already hinted at, which is the community grant program, because there is a deadline coming up for this year's program that we wanted to alert listeners to. And that deadline for submitting a, an application for one of these grants is the coming up on February 28th. So tell us about the grant program and why would people want to apply? Definitely. So the Louisville Sustainability Fund, which is part of Do Something Green, offers grants to support innovative entrepreneurial projects and programs to plan for the impact of climate change on our most vulnerable citizens while supporting community equity and resilience. Mm. So recipients can receive between $500 and $5,000 towards their projects, and they will also have access to LSC events programs, mentors, and the opportunity to partner their work with LSC initiatives. And who can apply? Well, anyone can apply. And that's the, <laughs> that's the cool thing about this. Anyone can apply. So um, you can be an individual, you can be a school system, an organization, a business. Really, we encourage anyone to apply. So if, if you're working towards an out-of-the-box creative, sustainable solution that addresses climate change or resiliency or community building or equity. I mean, we've really, really opened it up this year. And you can use the money for anything. It's not restricted. Like you couldn't, some grants you can't use to hire people and things like that. This is right. Nope. Nope. They're unrestricted funds. So we do ask for um, after a year of follow-up, but anything, we're kind of looking at this as seed money, right? What program do you have that's still in infancy stages, maybe isn't quite off the ground. Maybe it's still just a concept. We really want to help launch and blossom um, different creative, sustainable projects around the city. But the proposal could be coming from a big, well-established organization or institution or business that just wants to try a completely new project and, that, sure. and seed money for that kind of project, right? Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if it's an offshoot of a currently existing and thriving program and you just want to, similar to our Do Something Green, well, we just want to add a resource library. That's where we've been applying for lots of grants this year for us. So the Do Something Green is flourishing and thriving and doing great, but now we have a new little baby to propagate from that. Um, so <laughs> just looking for sunlight and water, people. <laughs> Well, that's great. Oh, my gosh. So uh, if you're just tuning in, we're speaking today with Julia Murray, Executive Director of the Louisville Sustainability Council and the board chair for the council, Ellen Trahan. We're talking about all their great plans for 2022, including this new uh, community grant program. Uh, it, well, how new is it? Was last year the first year? Yes. So last year was our first launch year and we did not know what to expect. <laughs> um, it, it, it truly, um, it, it felt like it kind of came to fruition quickly and we were just kind of, you know, putting our toes in the water and seeing what bit. And we ended up getting over 21 applications, Whoa. over $50,000 um, in asked support. And so it was just huge. The programs that we ended up um, supporting for last cycle, we had a specific theme of greenhouse gas reduction mm. to go in line of the city's goals. And so we ended up supporting four different projects. And one was the Muse Farm, um, and that's through Black Market Kentucky. So and that was a five-week intensive workshop series that 
teach West End residents about horticulture, agribusiness, and fundraising to cultivate a richer understanding of their food systems. Yeah, Black um, Market is awesome over there. They are so cool. Uh, Shantice Martin has done some great work and just She's took incredible. sort of a, a grassy area behind the store and turned it into a little demonstration farm, right? I know she's awesome. She's so cool. Um, and we were already partnered with the black market Kentucky. So it just felt like a, a really natural evolution of that partnership. So that's, that's been really cool. And then do you we know, also, do you know if muse farm is going to continue in 2022? I believe it is. Mm -hmm. okay, yeah. Cool. They, they kind of followed up with us right before our summit last year. And if you were there, you saw a short little video of what they're doing and they had a booming growing season. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping they kind of expand on their classes and workshop series, but I think it's, it's going strong. Awesome. Who else won awards last year? Yeah. So we also funded the garden project through field elementary school. And that was a program focused on positively impacting our youth and encouraging healthy lifestyle choices by helping children understand the value and importance of locally grown produce. Um, and that one was really, really cool. We got lots of videos of the kids digging in and yeah. bearing seeds and seeing what's growing. And um, the teacher that actually submitted the application got her inspiration from a book and I wish that I could remember the book right now. Um, but she would always read it to her class on the importance of growing your own food and what that did for your body and the community and the ecosystem. Um, so it was really cool to see this little story kind of come to life in her classroom. Yeah. Well, that's great. And so did they install their first garden through this grant? Yeah, they did. So they installed a bunch of different garden beds. Um, they even planted some trees. Um, and it really, really did boom all through summer last year. So they're back at it this year. And we're trying to hook them up with community gardens just to utilize volunteers and tools. Um, so that should be that should be really cool. I'm excited to see what it turns into. Yeah. And then you also helped fund another organization called Kentucky Interfaith Power and Light. I've talked about them a few times on this show, but you want to remind our listeners about them? Yeah. So through Kentucky Interfaith Power and Light, we funded their energy conservation outreach program. And this targeted communities who are disproportionately affected by pollution and climate change, and um, they needed to focus on their energy conservation. So this focused on communities of color, black Kentuckians and low income communities that are directly impacted as a result of ab abusive industry practices that oh. ended up you know, creating pollution and harmful drinking water and conditions for lower life expectancy. Um, and so, yeah, this all was a faith-based program and helped them with their energy conversation. And that was, that was a really cool application and so different of an avenue than so many of the other projects. Um, and we would love to see more of that creative problem solving this year. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Now, Kentucky Interfaith Power and Light works statewide with faith communities, which mm -hmm. makes me start wondering about, like, are there geographic limits to this grant program? So it's open to anyone in Kentucky and Southern Indiana. Ooh. Yeah, so we're, it's not super restricted. Eventually, the dream would to be open it up to um, more of a regional application process or partner with other regional leaders. I mean, kind of go in collectively on a community microgrant. So goals here, Justin, goals. <laughs> I love it. And then the last group that got funding in 2019, 
2021 was Evolve Kentucky, right? Yeah, uh-huh. Evolve Kentucky. Um, so it was actually a joint application with Evolve Kentucky and Wilderness Louisville representing Jefferson Memorial Forest. And this was for an electrical vehicle charging station. And this dual charging station is now free for public use and oh, cool. advances grassroots efforts led by Evolve Kentucky um, to create an even distribution of EV infrastructure throughout the city. And that actually just opened up in October, Ellen, if I'm correct. Yep. Um, it was really great. The mayor was there and lots of our metro leaders, and it was this really exciting unveiling. So head to Jefferson Memorial and plug in while you unplug in oh, cool. the forest. <laughs> yeah. Where is it? The forest kind of spreads across a big area. Is it near the visitor center? Or? Um, yeah, it's not far from the visitor center. And then okay. you it turn across right. the road from the visitor center. Oh, neat. I forget what trailhead it, it's at. But yeah, it's right near the visitor center. I love it. So you can take your EV out to Jefferson Memorial and plug in while you're hiking. And that's yes. awesome. What a cool project. So uh, here's my big question to you. Okay. The worst part of my job at L was when we ran an earn a bike program and I had to reject 400 people oh. every oh. year. So tell me about that. You rejected all these people. Was it oh. heartbreaking? What happened? <laughs> It is. It is heartbreaking every time. But I'll tell you what, we really do do our best to offer support in other ways Good, where we might yeah. not have the means or capacity to financially support. Yeah. So um, those hard conversations kind of <laughs> looked more like, how else can we best serve you? Who do you need to be connected with? Do you need mentor? Do you need resources? Um, so we try and not leave anyone totally hanging, but yeah. it hurts. It's yeah, hard. It does. It does. So how many grants will be distributed in 2022? So between ten dollars and $15,000 worth of support will be distributed. Oh. There's also a chance for us to have a second funding cycle this year. We'll see. That's not set in stone yet. Um, but the goal is to try and double each and every year that we have the an open cycle the funding available so if you um are a corporate representative a found on a f board of a foundation um and you think this sounds really exciting you believe in the work that we're doing and you're interested in partnering and helping us offer more support than ever before um reach out to us programs at louisville sustainability council.org yeah. um we're really trying to build this up and get as many people involved as possible yeah so who selects the winners and how, what is that process like? Yeah, yeah. We have um, a, a specific committee on our board and action team dedicated um, to the creation of the grant and review. But we also have any of our major funders and sponsors of the program also has a selection seat. Okay. Um, and so it looks like getting them all in, doing a general review, breaking them up and having everyone score on a rubric sheet. Yeah. about where it falls with in, in X number of categories and then coming together and taking um, each of our highest strengths together. And it's just a long group <laughs> discussion. Long. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. We try and be really, really intentional with who we offer support to and make it as diverse as possible, serving um, as much of the community as possible in different areas and demographics. Um, but it, I mean, it's so hard. It's so hard. No doubt. I'm glad. I'm kind of glad I'm not on that committee because I hate breaking <laughs> hearts. 
it's both it's both one of the most fun things you can do on our board but also one of the most challenging because like Absolutely. you said it just uh you want to give it to everybody yeah right yeah uh, do you, do you remember any applications last year that uh, you particularly would love to shout out and maybe they should reapply? Oh my gosh, <laughs> there were so many. Uh, <laughs> there were so so many. Um, there was like a V, and I, I to be honest, I don't know if I'm going to remember names, but I'll kind yeah. of give you concepts. Yeah, the concepts. Um, there yeah. was a really cool sustainable vegan bakery that oh. was looking for support. Oh, yes. so fun that, more, fun that. More of that. <laughs> lots and lots of community gardens, some really cool mm. trail restoration. Um, Ellen, can you, can you think of some more? There were so many cool ones. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, I, to Justin's point of it, just being heartbreaking, I probably blocked out the fact that I had to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, you don't want to carry that know. pain. <laughs> just emotionally. <laughs> Well, there were there were so many good ones and i really hope everybody reapplies yeah um and we get to see lots of cool projects yeah and, and speaking of community gardens i mean uh, people should know too that louisville grows has a community garden grant program that they're oh, yeah. running right now so uh, especially if you are looking for funding for community gardens uh you know yeah, you could apply to the LSC grant too, but but yeah, think about Louisville Grows, and uh, I'll have information about that in the community action calendar coming up on the show, so stay tuned. Absolutely, and we do our best to, again, if we can't fund you, but we know of other trusts or, or organizations offering that you could be a good fit for, we'll make that warm introduction. Yeah. And with, with Louisville Grows, yeah, they're doing amazing work. They have that community garden. Now they're offering grants. Um, our first in-person green drinks event whoop, whoop, for 2022 is actually going to be with them at their seeds and start sale. Oh, wow. Come by. You can get beer. You can get free trees. You can learn about the grant program. That's going to be on April 20th. And we are stoked. Wow. April yes. 20th. Awesome. Mm -hmm. At the seeds and start sale. Then it'll, it'll be at the healthy, healthy house on Portland Avenue. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. And I think um, Great Lakes Brewing, if I'm getting that correctly, it will be there with some beer. Um, it'll be a really, really fun event. That's awesome. I'm glad you mentioned green drinks. Uh, that is continuing virtually, right? Mm -hmm. So we met with the board, and as I'm sure so many other organizations and businesses have been talking about, what do we do about 2022? We're ready for some hugs and squeezes, but um, <laughs> is that the best, most safe thing for the community? So our first green drinks in February is going to stay virtual. Uh, I'm so excited about it. You can register on our website and we're going to have a professor and storm chaser. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> and their graduate student on to talk about climate change and and the storms that are coming from it, specifically the Western Kentucky tornadoes. So that should be really, really cool. And that will be on Wednesday, February 16th, right? At 6 p.m. Got and it. And people have to register in advance in order to get the link to join. Is that how it works? Yeah, but it's totally free. So you can just head to our website, LouisvilleSustainabilityCouncil.org, and head under Green Drinks. One click and you're registered. 
Um, and then all of the Green Drinks events from there on out are back to in-person, fingers crossed. <laughs> Great. Can you believe in that? <laughs> Great. All right. I'm, I'm glad we went down the little Green Drinks rabbit hole. But it, in our last few yeah. minutes, I just want to return to sort of put put the finishing touches on our conversation about the grant program. Again, to remind listeners, the submissions are due by February 28th. And they will be yeah. notified of their awards by April 1st. So if you got a project that needs got to it. be done before April 1st, this isn't for you. Uh, and it's open mm-hmm. to anyone in the broader Louisville metro area, uh, including individuals, institutions, businesses, nonprofits, students, and entrepreneurs are especially encouraged. You mm-hmm. find the application at louisvillesustainabilitycouncil.org. How rigorous is the application? Is this going to take me hours? Do I have to put together? a really complicated budget on a spreadsheet what do i have to do guys how hard is require interpretive dance (laughs) yeah do i have to make a tiktok video oh my gosh you know what would be fun and um for accessibility purposes i don't know if we could actually do this for a grant cycle but we could make it an option for people to submit a short 30 second video that would be fun yeah that would be fun. No, but um, we tried to make it as accessible while thorough as possible. It's it's really not um, it's really not that bad. It's not as, as bad as doing my taxes. Not as bad as doing your taxes. Although TurboTax makes it pretty easy. No, um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, We're not sponsored no, by TurboTax. <laughs> yeah, not TurboTax. If you want to give us some money yeah. back, that we were saying no, um, but. But really, we, we do encourage people to download the PDF of questions beforehand, oh, just okay. in case it goes awry and you want to save it and come back for later. So go ahead and download the PDF. Make sure you have all the answers ready to go. And then plug and chug is the best way, I think. But it, I would say maybe it takes you an hour to two hours, depending on how in-depth you go. Um, but we tried to make it a pretty straightforward process. So this is not the National Science Foundation. You you can breathe easy, my friends. Um, yes. And then just to remind folks, the characteristics of a winning submission. So if people are hopefully they're jazzed up about this, they're thinking about yeah, maybe I could submit. What would you? What are you especially looking for that would really sell it? Um. So we typically support projects or programs with an overall mission to strengthen community connections create an equitable present and future. Um, If it falls into the categories of reducing greenhouse gas emissions, improving air quality, preserving natural resources, all that good stuff. Um, It's one of our big goals of the Do Something Green program to promote environmental education and literacy. So that's always something we look for. But just really demonstrating resilience in the face of climate change. And of course, out of the box, creative solutions are always welcome. Yeah, and I think uh, another aspect to that too is make sure you you tell us what the plan is. You know, a lot of uh, you know, to see what your steps are. What what is the plan of attack uh, in addition to you know the overreaching goals of the project? Mm-hmm. Right. How are you going to actually get it done? Right. Right. For sure. 
Well, this is great. I'm so sorry we're out of time because I could talk Louisville Sustainability Council all day. You guys have been so generous with your time, and thank you so much for your great work in our community, even from Denver. You just heard from Julia Murray, our Louisville Sustainability Council Executive Director, who's recently re relocated to the Mile High City. And we also had Ellen Trahan, the Louisville Sustainability Council Board Chair, catch up with them and check out the garden, uh, not the garden grant, the grant program at louisvillesustainabilitycouncil.org. Thank you all so much. Thanks for having us, Justin. It's always fun. Thanks, Justin. All right. Stay tuned, friends. Coming up in just a second, your community action calendar with all kinds of ideas about how to get engaged in sustainability in Louisville this week. So stay tuned, my friends. While the sun shines bright on my whole Kentucky home Tis summer and the people are gay And the corn tops rise while the meadows are in blue Them birds are making music all the day Said weep no more, my lady, oh Song for my whole Kentucky home, for my whole Kentucky home far away. Now the young folks roll on that little cabin floor. Oh, maybe all happy and bright. By and by, hard times are coming knocking at the door. My whole Kentucky home, good night. No more, my lady, oh, and we've no more today. And we'll sing one song for my whole Kentucky home, for my whole Kentucky home far away. And we're back here on Sustainability Now on your community radio station, Forward Radio WFMP Louisville, broadcasting at 106.5 FM and live streaming to the world at forwardradio.org. Behind me now, the great music of Apple Latin. Many thanks to them for giving us permission to use their music on the local versions of our programs, which you can find archived at forwardradio.org, and you can learn more about them at appalatin.com. Well, it's time to get your pencils sharpened and your calendars out, my friends, and get ready to take action for sustainability this week. A bunch going on here in the first week of February, and Black History Month is starting. So let's talk about that some, too. But first, got to let you know that this Tuesday, February 1st at 4 p.m., is the next in the U of L Sustainability Roundtables. They're online, they're free, they're only 50 minutes long. Great chance to catch up with lots of local people who give a damn and are making a difference in sustainability. And one of those people is a former guest of this program, Julie Donna, and she'll be speaking on sustainable transportation. You're encouraged to join the U of L Sustainability Council for their Spring Sustainability Roundtable series. It's every other Tuesday from 4 to 4.50 p.m. On February 1st, we'll feature Julie Donna, who has been serving with Louisville Metro Government since February of 2019 and is currently the Sustainability Coordinator in the Office 
Office of Advanced Planning and Sustainability. She's focused on building a low-emission and climate-resilient Louisville through collaborative and equitable solutions. Her previous experience includes leading projects for the City of Cincinnati Office of Environment and Sustainability and the Green Umbrella, the Regional Sustainability Alliance of Greater Cincinnati, a proud graduate of the Neighborhood Institute and the Public Allies Leadership Development Program. She holds degrees in biology and environmental science from Miami University in Ohio. And she's going to be talking about transportation on Tuesday, which accounts for over 18% of Louisville's greenhouse gas emissions or the equivalent of nearly 3 million tons of carbon dioxide every single year. Louisville has a goal of achieving 100% clean energy community-wide by 2040, which requires decarbonizing our transportation system. To reach this goal, our community will need to use a multitude of strategies, which include encouraging active transportation, that means biking, walking, improving our public transit system as well, increasing the density of development so that these systems function, and switching to low emission vehicles. Everyone has a role to play in choosing how they travel every day. These strategies will not only slow the impact of climate change, but also reduce other air pollutants, including ozone, and improve public health and safety and enhance the quality of life for all residents. You won't want to miss this conversation and be in dialogue with Julie Donna from Louisville Metro talking about sustainable transportation for our city. It's an important conversation that needs to happen. It's happening this Tuesday, February 1st at 4 p.m. online. You can find the link to join. You don't need to pre-register anything. Just show up at 4 p.m. You can find the link at louisville.edu slash sustainability. And as I said, we're kicking off Black History Month with uh, the U of L's and Braden Institute's virtual Black History Month talk on the fugitive life of black teaching, a history of pedagogy and power taking place on Wednesday, February 2nd at 4.30 p.m. online. And the speaker is Jarvis Givens, Ph.D., an assistant professor at the Harvard Graduate School of Education and a faculty affiliate in the Department of African and African-American Studies at Harvard. He published his first book, Fugitive Pedagogy, Carter G. Woodson and the Art of Black Teaching, back in 2021. Professor Givens offers the term fugitive pedagogy to characterize African-Americans subversive traditions of teaching and learning from the slavery area through Jim Crow. Using the life of famed educator and historian Carter G. Woodson as a lens, Givens reveals an expansive world of African-American teachers who cultivated dreams and aspirations in generations of students despite a world order built on black subjugation. And he will demonstrate much of this work took place through discreet, quiet acts of resistance. Givens insists that black educators' pedagogical traditions were essential to the long black freedom struggle and formed the roots of anti-racist teaching in the United States. What an important conversation for our time. You won't want to miss it and have the opportunity to ask Dr. Jarvis Givens some questions about the fugitive life of black teaching. And you can do it online, no pre-registration necessary. It's Wednesday at 4.30 p.m. You can find the link to join at events.louisville.edu. And we'll see you on February 2nd at 4.30.
Now, coming up this weekend, there's a bunch of great events. Uh, the Sierra, Greater Louisville Sierra Club, a proud community partner of Forward Radio, will be hosting an icicle hike on Saturday at 10 a.m. in Cherokee Park, meeting up at the Big Rock Playground there at 2547 Beargrass Road. They're inviting you outside for an easy winter walk in the woods to appreciate the serenity and beauty of late winter. Hopefully, this year's icicles will be an improvement over last year's one lonely icicle. I don't know. We'll see with this weather. We're going to take a walk anyway, no matter what the weather, along Beargrass Creek going downstream, beginning at Big Rock and Cherokee Park. We'll go a mile or so and turn around, and we'll get a look at some plants and birds in winter dress and the newest public green space in Louisville. Yes, the property that Metro Parks has just acquired from the Presbyterian Seminary, the biggest increase in our Olmstead Park system in generations. Dress warm with good boots, and you can register on the web or email Greater uh, Louisville Sierra Club at gmail.com and find the link to register at sierraclub.org slash Kentucky. It's 10 a.m. to about 1230 in Cherokee Park on Saturday the 5th, meeting up at the Big Rock Playground. Now, also on Saturday the 5th at 10 a.m., it's the Louisville Grows Community Garden Grant Workshop taking place at the Healthy House, 1641 Portland Avenue. There, This is the second of two sessions, and the workshop's focusing on the Community Garden Toolkit and grant application requirements and other benefits of the grant. Each workshop's held in person, space is limited, so register on Eventbrite to reserve your spot. All participants are required to be fully vaccinated, and masks will be required as well. The Louisville Gross Community Garden Grant provides funding and in-kind materials for new, expanding, or revitalizing gardens. A representative from the community garden must attend one of the workshops in order to submit a grant application. For more information and to register for your free ticket, visit tinyurl.com slash LG for Louisville Grows Garden Workshop 22, the number 22, tinyurl.com slash LG Garden Workshop 22. Or if you have any questions, get in touch with Lisa at programs at louisvillegrows.org or call her at 502-905-4342. And also coming up on Sunday, February 6th at 10 a.m., it's the Louisville Community Grocery Volunteer Open House taking place on Sunday at 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Riot Cafe. That's right there at the corner of 4th and Chestnut. The Louisville Community Grocery needs you, not only as a member owner. They need about 1,500 more to get to the store to open, but as a volunteer as well. And they'll be hosting... A volunteer open house on Sunday from 10 to 2 on location at Riot Cafe, sharing a number of different opportunities and signing up volunteers. If you or someone you know is looking for volunteer hours or just wants to help launch Louisville's first community-owned cooperative grocery store in our urban core to address the food insecurity of your neighbors here in the downtown area that lack access to groceries, well, please drop by for V-Day or Volunteer Day at Riot Cafe on Sunday from 10 to 2, and you can learn more at LouisvilleCommunityGrocery.com. Now, more on the theme of Black History Month, there is going to be a Black History film series every Sunday in February. 
from at 1.30 p.m. online this year because of the pandemic, the UofL Health Sciences Center Office of Diversity and Inclusion in conjunction with the Louisville Free Public Library will be hosting this virtual Black History Month film series every Sunday in February with the film followed by a panel discussion about it. And this Sunday, February 6th at 1.30 p.m., the screening is going to be 12 Years a Slave in the antebellum United States, Solomon Northam. A free black man from upstate New York is abducted and sold into slavery. And this is an amazing film directed by Steve McQueen. If you haven't seen it yet, or if you want to see it again, this is a great opportunity on Sunday, February 6th at 1.30 p.m. online. It's free. It will be followed by a discussion session as well. You can find the link to register for the film series uh, at lfpl.org slash bhfilms for black history. lfpl.org slash bhfilms and just to let you know what's coming up on the 13th it'll be Tulsa, The Fire and the Forgotten. On February 20th they'll be screening Green Book and on February 27th it wraps up with The Last Black Man in San Francisco. All wonderful films to get us in touch with our black heritage and the struggles that continue today in black America. LFPL.org slash BHfilms. Now, also on Sunday the 6th, there'll be another downtown volunteer tree planting with Louisville Metro Parks in the Division of Community Forestry. It's from 1 to 4 p.m. They'll be planting 50 trees along East Muhammad Ali, and you can meet up at 416 South Clay Street right there at Ali and get in on the fun. Uh, they encourage you to register using the My Impact app. You can find the link at bestparksever.com. And also on Sunday, another great way to support your local trees, it's the next Winter Orchard Care Workshop. This Sunday the 6th from 2 to 5 p.m., they'll be at Lots of Food at 1647 Portland Avenue. And this is Forward Radio's community partner, the Urban Agriculture Coalition, seeking volunteers to help take care of our community orchards. You can come learn some simple tricks for taking advantage of the dormant period to improve the health and productivity of fruit trees. Winter's the perfect time for pruning orchards and to reduce disease and increase fruit production. These are workshops, so please dress for the weather and be ready to work outdoors. You'll learn from local experts how to do this. Uh, Low-maintenance organic orchard care tools will be provided. You can sign up and learn more at tinyurl.com slash orchardcare. 21-22. That's tinyurl.com slash orchardcare21-22. And finally, I want to encourage you to get involved with the Kentucky Poor People's Campaign. To date, the work of the Kentucky Campaign is connected to and part of the National Poor People's Campaign, a national call for moral revival, has been led in our Commonwealth by a volunteer coordinating committee that includes people from Paducah to Barberville as we prepare for the Mass Poor People's and Low-Wage Workers Assembly and Moral March on Washington in June 18th of this year. The campaign is establishing a broader working group that will lead activities toward building Kentucky participation in the march as well as advocacy in the upcoming kentucky state legislative session the ongoing legislative session they invite your participation in that working group and you can learn more and register at facebook.com slash kentucky ppc for poor people's campaign facebook.com slash kentucky ppc or go online at poor people's campaign.org 
The reason I bring this up this week is that the next working group planning call will be Monday, February 7th at 6 p.m. And again, you can learn more at poorpeoplescampaign.org. That's all the time we have for today here on Sustainability Now. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And I look forward to being back in your ears again in one week's time, my friends. Be well. Thank you.